1: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network. We're here once again talking Nip Tuck. No, we're not. We're talking Breaking <laughs> Bad. Oh my god! Wow. I, uh... I kind Nick. of, um, yeah, yeah. I have just I've sunk into old habits. That's a worry, isn't it? Um, but no, it's definitely Breaking Bad, not Nip Tuck. Um, although, go and listen to Nip Tuck. I listen to her yeah. episodes it's great. Um, but great anyway, segue this is, this... there for a plug. Well done, Nick. <laughs> so this this is um, this is Breaking Bad season one episode six, Crazy Handful of Nothing. Um, a very memorable episode. One that is um, cited by a lot of people as, as being that kind of very foundational episode. There, that, that kind of really gets us started um, on what Breaking Bad's all about. Um, so I can't wait to talk about this one. Um, my name's Nick, and uh, you look—you look like the one who's just crawled out of a microwave. Thank you.
0: Um, my name is Ben, and it's such a good night to Scooby Dooby Doo, Scooby Dooby Doo, Scooby Dooby Doo. What? <laughs>
1: that is a fun scene that one I'm looking forward to talking about that <laughs> one fun song um, yeah this this is a great episode um and um one of the one of the cool things about this I think um I talked about it in, a, in the pilot episode the very first episode that um I listened to the commentary and um they don't do them for every episode but they did for this one as well and this one was actually a really fun episode to um to listen to the commentary because uh, this was this one was uh, directed by Bronwyn Hughes who's not on the commentary but Vince Gilligan and the writer um, George Mastrass are both on that um, commentary. So you get a few quite interesting kind of takes from them and, and a couple of quite funny stories, which I'll bring up when we get to them. But, um, yeah, it's um, it, it's just one of those episodes that everybody remembers, I think, and, and and for some pretty obvious reasons.
0: I weirdly think, always think that this is the finale. I always weirdly think that kind of like the, the particular, the big scene in this episode happens in the finale. I always forget mm. that it's kind of like a, a penultimate episode thing. But... Um yeah i mean another great episode um kind of getting jesse and walt back together is great um the action obviously kind of like the the stuff around the whole the cancer treatment's pretty gritty and raw so um yeah no it's uh it's it's it is a great episode and yeah we get to meet tuco Tuco yeah, Salamanca, yes. so we get yeah, our yeah, uh, yeah. first introduction to the Salamanca clans. Great market. Yeah. If you're ever in Hobart, Saturday morning, Salamanca market. It's uh, one of the <laughs> most famous, famous in all of Australia.
1: I think, um, you know... Um Breaking Bad is one of those shows that doesn't necessarily have a kind of guest star of the week, you know. Like lot, Some shows do like, they, they'll have somebody new every episode, and that's kind of um, part of the fun of that. And and this one doesn't, but it does have lots of kind of um, guest or, or kind of short-term characters. Um, and, you know, like, so Tuco's not in every episode, um, but, you know, w- when we do get him, he's just absolute gold. Um, and so it's, a, it's really it great to it, have him there.
0: Yeah, sorry, Andre, he's, he's kind of one of those... Um, I oh, we we're talking about Elliot in that last week, but I think kind of if you actually look at him, he's not in it as much as you think he is. But no. um, but he, he, I mean, God, like he kind of sets up a whole string of things that will happen. But mm. um, we we of course talked about the actor who plays him, Raymond Cruz. He was in the you mentioned Nip Tuck. He was in the pilot of Nip Tuck. I don't know if you remember that. He was one of uh Silvio right. Perez's uh, sort of mm. goons on the side. So um, four episodes he is in of Breaking Bad. Uh, we're going to talk about him for the next two, and then I think the first two of that. Um, he is in at least one of Better Call Soul from memory.
1: Yes, yeah, um, he is, yeah. He is in, I, think he's in, I think he's in the very first episode of yeah. Better Call Soul um, because yeah. I think that was kind of like the big hook at the end of it. It's like, oh, here's Tuka. Um, But I think. Um, not necessarily just Tuco, but he sets up that the Salamanca family um, mm, become really exactly. kind of key, a key part of the show and of and of Better Call Saul. So it's actually the introduction of the first member of a family that will play quite an important part of the show. So um, yeah, a really, really important um, moment in the show, but um there's heaps to talk about. So I say we get straight into it and we, we kinda get this um this opening scene and it's kind of we talked about it at the end of our, our last recap, which is this kind of um this first kind of like cold open where you're kinda like, what the hell's going on here? Because um you know it kind of starts out pretty normal. We kinda Jesse and Walt are kind of back in the R V and it's a mess and they're kinda tidying it up and, and Walt kinda lays down the law that, you know, he's the silent partner and and you know Jesse's gonna be the one who's the front man, but you know, he's gonna be the one behind the scenes and which is you know, then quickly kind of intercut with these these scenes of suddenly we've got this this walt with no hair bald walt kind of walking away from this chaotic scene with an explosion and you're kinda of like, What the fuck is going on here? It's mm. um it's really, really well done and you kind of get, you know, these kind of cool um kind of slow-mo shots and um, and obviously where the is going to catch up to, to this point but I think it's really well done it is something that like I said um, the end of the last recap we're going to get lots of this where you're kind of going to be thrown and kind of fig- trying to figure out what the hell is going on here in fact it becomes like the thing they do in season 2 to be honest um, but you know like right here this is the first time we really get this of so like okay cool I can't wait to see how we get to this moment um, and of course you know, the whole kicker of, of um, Walt being bald I think is you're like okay cool we're going somewhere in this episode
0: i remember back in the days of uh uh, millions of exes apparently had but louise whenever we would watch a show and they would kind of do an out of order sort of thing like this um she would hate it she would complain like i don't get it i don't understand it um but it's interesting because like it's kind of one of these things that i actually don't mind sometimes it's kind of like having a oh how are they going to get here how you know it's kind of like it adds sort of the mystery element to it but um yeah, we had it sort of in the pilot, obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're right. Like, next season was isn't... And, we'll, obviously, we're only a few weeks away from it. But wasn't Season 2 basically all planned out so well that they basically knew where they were going from point A to point B? Am I correct in saying that? Like, I, I don't know if Season 2 is the yeah, only I think one they so. did that? I mean...
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, we'll, we'll definitely talk about season two when we get there. But it's a bit of a Hansel and Gretel season where there's breadcrumbs left everywhere for you, and there's there's kind of mysteries to solve, you know, from the kind of cold open through to you know the titles of the of the um, episodes and things like that. So, um, yes, I think it was pretty well planned in terms of where they were going with this. So, um, yeah, I think I think um, what's probably different about this, and I can understand people like, oh, like here we go, here's the scene. If it's every episode, if it's like, okay, now I've got to figure out where we're going. Going. But I think Breaking Bad uses it relatively sparingly, you know. Yeah. So I think when they use it, it works really, really well. Um, so you, and it's kind of like the for me, I think maybe with the exception of, of season two, and maybe that's something we'll need to watch as we go through. But I think it's probably it sets you up as being okay. There's something cool happening this episode that you know we, is going to get resolved. Um, so you, you know, like I think it's probably a marker that this is a, a big episode, and you better keep watching. So yeah, I think that that's that's kind of like the key thing to, to kind of keep in mind
0: well i think um just we're tagging all our shows here apparently on the Oz network when we cover lost obviously <laughs> noah and i kind of keep tabs of the um the unanswered questions because i think our biggest thing on lost was that lost gets criticized for having so many unanswered questions basically um, whereas we're kind of proving the point that a lot more are answered than people have given the show credit for but um yeah i, I don't know if we ever needed to do an unanswered questions of breaking bad because i think for the most part they they do it quite well um so yeah i mean it's it's I, I like sort of these sort of yeah as i said cold open things and kind of like you know again you kind of just got a basic scene with walt and jesse and mm. and then kind of this explosion yeah as you saying, like bold walt like oh what's going on yeah. here so yeah um, and
1: yeah. i do re- actually kind of remember watching this for the first time and thinking oh, okay this is cool like we've got this guy there because obviously i my total understanding of the show you know um was that yeah, you know, I'd seen all the posters and and you know, and and what was balling them and so when I first started watching the show and he had here, it's like oh so then you get this episode where he's ball. It's like oh, okay, cool. Now this is the character that I'm seeing in all the marketing and you know and the trailers and things like that. So it was kind of like just a moment for me of like okay, this is a you know we're starting to move into into the real deal of what this show's about. So so yeah, I think that it's um it, it's pretty cool. Um so we kind of moved past the credits and into the scene of um Walt having chemo and um and Skylar sitting with him here and um. Yeah, basically just talking out of the book of interest here really is that um we're finding out that you know he lies that he got got the check from, from Elliot ar- around um paying for the chemo treatment. Um interesting little story that um apparently this was filmed in kind of like the front office of Breaking Bad's you know office that they kind of um that they hired for this so it's not on a, a sound stage or anything like that or in a real wow. hospital. It's kinda of literally in the front door and they kinda of wheeled <laughs> in these these leather chairs. So um yeah it's um it's pretty interesting. So so yeah, I, I guess we kinda of find that out. Um, um, and um, then we kind of get the scene of Walt cashing this cheque and saying, you know, don't bank it for a couple of days or whatever, which becomes a bit of the running theme on, on um, this episode and, and this little mini storyline, I guess. Um, and then we're back to class with him. Um, and um, he's explaining chemical change, um, which is obviously a big theme of the show and um, particularly talks about mercury fulminate, which is going to be an important part of the show. Um, so, so yeah, there's some, there's some cool stuff there. Um, I think just before we kind of move on to the next little bit, um just one of the other things so just one of the things I picked up from the um the commentary is they talked a bit about these um time lapse um, images that you get yeah. and basically they just they got these kind of guys who are more or less kind of film students to go out and they took a photo every forty five seconds and then kind of edited it together so they said it's like an incredibly cheap way of doing this is um yeah like it costs them next to nothing but like it's a really really um, you know, impactful way of kind of telling that little bit and you kind of need that in this because you need to see there's a little bit of a passage of time so i think it's kind of a good way of doing it
0: yeah i mentioned that last week about the time lapse of the rv I, i fucking love i love time lapses like it's one of these cool little tricks that i love like um if i've got a time lapse feature on my phone i'll make a time lapse whenever i can they're just i don't know they're just such a cool little uh thing that looks really really cool once you get one good but um yeah, it's sort of it's interesting you're saying about that office. I didn't know that. That's kind of a cool little thing. Um, and then, yeah, kind of the the teaching thing. We haven't seen Walt teach for a while, have we? So. Um, I think a lot of time passes in this episode, if I'm not mistaken. Like there's got to be a couple of weeks or something at
1: least. Yeah, I think so. I I think because you kind of get the whole thing of him kind of like, he doesn't just shave his head for the fun of it. It's because he's losing his hair, you know? So I think they're kind of just trying to tell that, you know, you're starting to see the impacts of him actually having the chemo. So I think that's probably part of that, yeah.
0: And we meet Hugo. Oh, bless little Hugo. Yeah, um, yeah. When we're well, there's um, having explosive diarrhea, basically. So,
1: well, yeah, it's um, it's funny because um, again on the on the commentary, this is this is a good story. But basically, that that scene of him like um. Where he's kind of like standing in front of the toilet as opposed to like the scene later on where he's like kneeling and and you can tell he's throwing up and apparently this was actually filmed for a completely different purpose so this was filmed for like i guess the pilot um when he gets a phone call that he's got cancer and apparently they were going to have the scene where he basically as soon as he finds out he like leaves the classroom and goes and masturbates in the toilet like that was going to be like what they were going to do is kind of like you know the way the way that kind of walt reacts to things is not what you expect i guess kind of going back to that first episode of like, you know, when he finds that he's got cancer and he tells the guy he's got mustard on his shirt or whatever, you know, like that basically he does the thing you would least suspect him to do. Um, it just is kind of crazy that that's I'm what I'm watching this
0: scene now but... and I can see it now. Now it's a <laughs> dog,
1: yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a cool little story that they were going to do something like quite weird, um, with the scene. So, so yeah, it's <laughs> just, wow. just a good story. And, and yeah, so obviously, um, so Hugo is going to be a bit of a fall guy for, for, um, for walt during this this whole story so yeah i think that that's really good um yeah we kind of then move on to this kind of cancer support group that kind of walt and Skyler and, and um walt jr are at and you know walt's kind of telling these lies about you know trying to account for the time when he's quite unquote missing um in the afternoons and evenings and says you know, he just needs to be alone and needs to be in nature and um and, you know that's cut immediately to this kind of scene of, of um, him and Jesse cooking you know so um, yeah I think just like the whole thing I think is that um, at the moment we're, we're kind of right on the edge of level where Walt is just telling lies and, and this is just going to become a bigger and bigger thing and I think you know that the book that I keep referring to you know the quote that Vince Gilligan has about Walt is that you know he's an expert liar but he's not um, the, the, the person he's best at lying to is himself um, and so you know like I think that whole thing about he becomes you know when we're doing a show about drugs and making drugs, you know, addiction is a big thing, but Walt becomes addicted to making meth, but he also becomes addicted to lying to other people. And so, yeah, I, I think it's just, it, it's really good. And, and um, yeah, we obviously kind of get the scene of, of Walt cooking and he, he kind of you know breaks out of the RV and collapses. And him and Jesse have this quite good kind of discussion about, you know, that Jesse's aunt had cancer. And yeah, I think it's kind of just building the, the kind of bond between these two guys.
0: Yeah. And I always like a good bonding scene between them. I don't, I don't know That's just like we get a lot of, I, I reckon if you kind of rated the bonding versus the fighting scenes between them, you're probably always going to get more fighting scenes between them. But, um, I don't know. Every time we have a good scene between the two where they are kind of bonding, I always do enjoy it. Um, but, uh, first of all, I'd say I like Hugo, poor Hugo, uh, justice for <laughs> Hugo in this episode. But, um, yeah, I, I kind of like, I've, Sort of defended Skyler a lot this season about, you know, she has every right to question where he is and all this sort of stuff, but she kind of buys these lies pretty quickly. Like, yeah, I just like to be alone by myself and go for walks in nature. Like, um, she's like, okay. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know about that, but um, I guess she knows he's sick, so I guess uh, she gives him a bit of a, a free pass. But yeah, well, no, I think I, it I do...
1: kind of talks to the fact that we, you know, we're still learning kind of who this guy is um and and you know like i think we're like she still has well we're seeing the start of the story and we're already starting to see his kind of change into this person he becomes um she's known him for years as this kind of pretty straight-laced guy so she's not necessarily thinking that he's going to be doing these things at this point so it's the it's the it's furthest from her thoughts so um so yeah i think it's um it's not unreasonable that she would just kind of buy that immediately I, i don't think
0: yeah, okay, fair enough. I, I, I buy that, Nick. I, I um I I would not rent it or bin it, I would I would buy your opinion. But um yeah, I, I yeah, I like the sort of Jesse discovering it kind of, yeah, when he sort of opens up his suit and basically is like, you know, oh when are you gonna tell me you got cancer? And this is sort of the the first time that Jesse Watt gets a cook by himself with Walt sort of helping him, I guess. So um kind yeah, of all yeah. the pressure on him after after what he happened with Badger last week. So um, yeah, it's it's a nice little moment. Yeah. I, I do one thing though, like they're in the middle of the desert, it's very hot. And Jesse's still wearing a beanie. So,
1: um, yeah. he's committed I to the look yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of I kind of had forgotten actually that this was the first time Jesse um, finds out about this for some reason I thought he knew a bit sooner but no, you're totally right this is obviously a really important moment because it's when Jesse finds out that A he's got cancer and B the, the realisation that that's why they're doing this um, is so that he can have money for his family and so it kind of probably softens Jesse's image of Walt you know which I think is, um, is, is quite an important moment for the show as well so so, yeah, so obviously Jesse's left to to finish the cook himself. Um, and then we move on to um, a little scene between Hank and Gomi, where we find out that you know that the mask has obviously come from from Walt's school. Um which um, you know it's I, I actually quite like the way the scene is is filmed where they're kind of in separate cars and they kind of drive up next to why? each other. Hey, why um, do they
0: do that? Why? Yeah, in the office. Yeah,
1: like I don't yeah, get it. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty weird, but I do like it. It kinda I don't know, it kind of feels like typical kind of like something you might see on an underbelly episode or something. Remember them. Um oh, so so yeah. Billy, yes. Yeah, God. so it kind of feels like something you might see on that, like where people are trying to do this. Yeah, but they're not doing anything illegal, so why? Yeah, it's a good point. But but anyway, so yeah, the, um, the key bit of information we're finding out is that um, that obviously the the mask has come from Walt's school, which is going to have this interesting connection. Um, and I think we as we go along, we're going to get that whole thing again of like if people were really putting two and two together, they might start to realise that that Walt has something to do with this, but just nobody really he's so under the radar that no kind of nobody really suspects him. So yeah, we'll get to that though. And then we get this kind of this great um montage of jesse you know dealing drugs at the um at, at the, doo, be do, be yeah. <laughs> it's so good i eh? like the music is just like it's so perfect because it's so opposite of what he's doing it's like something that you might play in like a 50s diner um yeah. you know like it, it's it's just really cool like one of the things that um that the producers were quite proud of that they kind of mentioned in the commentary was the um the the kind of couple of shots where these um you know people look directly into the camera and he says you know it's kind of the things that shouldn't really work it's a little bit of breaking the fourth wall where these guys kind of look directly into the camera but for whatever reason it just kind of feels like it works and I, I totally agree with him it just does seem to work even though maybe it shouldn't Um so yeah I, th- I think it's really cool Um yeah I just it's just a really really fun scene and, and again these guys seem to do a really good job of kind of starting to show some of the realism of, of this whole drug thing um, without kind of feeling like they're no lecturing you or moralizing or anything like that.
0: Yeah, you always get it. Like You kind of get, the, you see these people and just, yeah, it's kind of, it's jarring, but yeah, it's not like, you know, they sometimes almost humanize these types of people. You know, it's, it's yeah. kind of, it's strange. Just, just randomly, um, I remember one of the busiest days of my life was around Underbelly. I was working at uh, <laughs> Sanity, a, a CD DVD store here in Australia. And um, the first season came out. And literally every single call or person coming in wanted it, and it sold out like pre-orders. Just it was ridiculous. It just I'd never been, I'd never worked anywhere and had something. Blah. The only other time it came close was the day that Michael Jackson died. That everybody came in wanting Michael Jackson and stuff. Um, so yeah, that God blast from the park. Great show. Really, really. Great yeah, I,
1: um, I maybe that's a future one that we should do, but um, I, I got really into the kind of, the, was it the second season they did or whatever one, the, Miss, the Mr. Asia one? That was the um, second season, yeah. I think yeah. I tuned
0: out halfway through that. I think I got back into it in about the third season, but then there were a few that um, I kind of zoned out on. Jonathan LaParle, our host of Australian Survivors, uh, one of the big bands in one of the
1: seasons. So oh, was he really? To, yeah. The Mister Asia one was quite it. interesting because it was you know, obviously that was based on a on a Kiwi and real life. Well, they life redid
0: and, that, didn't they? Do a New um, Zealand version? Of yeah, that? they like, did.
1: They did do it. Yeah, and it was actually quite good. Um, so, yeah, maybe we should dig them out one day and do a. Do I've a got, re- I'm
0: pretty sure I've got them all on my computer. I've got a majority of them on my computer. I know, oh, I, yeah. like I, I when I got rid of the DVDs, I ripped them all to my computer because I wanted to keep them. Oh, okay, so cool. I, I assumed I wouldn't oh. be able to get them again, but you know, for sure. Um,
1: Coming soon another, to uh, yeah.
0: Network. <laughs> uh, you talk about sort of. Um, yeah, this... I, I don't get why they're meeting in a car park. Like, they're at Crystal Palace, I think, aren't they? Um, is, isn't it <laughs> yeah. a soccer club?
1: Um, yeah, Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, not going to look at them the same way again. But, yeah, I mean, okay, okay it looks cool. Like, it, it, you know, it's TV. And I, I like that shot when you've got the cars and you see, you see all those birds, like, fly over the car. Like, I'm... I, I'm assuming that was by accident and, like, just the cameras kept rolling. Like, you've just got, like, this, this flock of birds that kind of swoop over the car and fly. Like, go back and watch it. It's just a random little scene. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, but, yeah, like, the, all the, the big plot twist of, all. Oh, it's at the school, like, you know, kind of uh, kind of going back to Walt thinking he's being careful but, uh, you know, doesn't think about that they can uh, find old magic marker on it. But um, yeah, this, yeah. this song, like, I, I think I sent it to you. I don't know if you ended up watching it. There was a fan who made, like, a two-hour Breaking Bad movie kind of they they got all the episodes and edited it all into a two-hour movie. It's not bad for what it is. Like, it actually, if you just want a two-hour summary of Breaking Bad, it's pretty good. Like, it pretty much covers everything you need to know. But I, I do know that on obviously, because I have to skip through a lot of stuff uh, through 62, 63 episodes, so I'm pretty sure they use this song in one of the montages where, like, I know this is used in a montage, but it's used more in a montage to kind of collect multiple seasons together. Right. So um, I remember, because I, I think I rewatched that not that long ago before we started doing this rewatch. watch So um, yeah, I, I remember that song from that little montage from there. But uh, I, like, I, like, I also like the fact that you get these, sort of these people who you see Jesse selling the drugs to. Like, you know, you kind of get the people that you would expect to buy drugs. Uh, I'm not trying to be a stereotype, but you know, come on. But then you kind of got like, mum woman in the laundromat um yeah. you know and like businessman you know kind of things like that so yeah i kind of i kind of like the spread of people that you get which i mean again that's true like i mean you know uh while yep. we can have our stereotypes of people who do drugs uh, there are people out there who we would never suspect to do it and they probably
1: do it so yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah, yeah. um yeah, and then our, our next scene is kind of like we come back to where Walt's been cooking, and Jesse comes up and he's he's sold an ounce, I think it is, and and Walt's pissed that you know they need to move more of this more quickly. Um, and I think this is really good because it kind of gets into a little bit of the logistics of moving drugs. You know that um, you know it's all very well to be able to make this stuff, but if you can't sell it, then what's the point? Um, and so yeah, I think it kind of gets into the whole thing of there's a there's a chain of distribution, and these guys are, are not in it. Um, and so from that perspective, I re- I really like because it starts to give you a bit of information that you need in order to really understand where the show is going to go because, you know, the distribution of drugs is a, is a massive part of the show. Um, and, you know, we're right at the start of telling that story. But I, I think it's just really good. And um, These guys just, just being at each other's throats as always. Are just, it just it's really good. But I just like, you know, that, um, you know, Jesse's really proud because he's made like fat stacks or whatever he's, he's saying. And, um, you know, he actually just hasn't made nearly enough money, you know, while things... They should be making a whole lot more. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's just a really cool scene to kind of start to explain some of the logistics involved in this stuff.
0: Was well, it like they make 2600 or something like that, so 1300 each? So, yeah, like we're saying about how it's illegal and, you know, we should be making more. But, yeah, it's, it's that relationship, isn't it, about how, you know, Jesse's kind of the salesperson and what's the, the guy behind it? Because he even says that at the beginning of the episode, doesn't he, about, like, I don't want to know who you sell this to. Like, this is, you know, and I remember the first time watching this, and I guess this is kind of a spoiler, but not really a spoiler. Like I always kind of thought that Walt would be smoking crystal meth and he was on drugs, but I mean, spoiler alert, he never does it. So like it's yeah. kind of, it's kind of, he stays out of it and sort of, at least at this point, stays out of the world. So yeah, it's an interesting kind of conversation about how like you got to have a distributor and then kind of basically, you know, Jesse's like, yeah, well, we had one, but you killed him. Um, yeah. Yeah. So then it's obviously going to lead us to what we're going to get with Tuco. But I like the the prepaid phone, like, Obviously, I realise Better Call Saul is made after um, Breaking Bad, and but I love, like, there's that, isn't you know, there like a whole episode where basically, like, Saul gets, like, thousands of these prepaid yeah, phones and that yep. plastic kind of thing. So, again, yep. like, Better Call Saul, like, they use kind of little elements from Breaking Bad because it's a prequel and kind of run further with it. So, if you ever watch these in chronological order, I think it's it would be a cool little throwback, but obviously it's yeah, kind of the yeah. other way around. So, yeah. yeah
1: yeah no it's cool and, and um then we kind of um our next scene is kind of you know Walt's back in chemo and and then back at school puking and um and this time he actually does have his knees on the floor of the of the mm-hmm. toilet so he was definitely thrown up this time um and um you know hugh goes here to provide him with the gum and, and all that kind of stuff and and that kind of leads us into you know Walt being back in the classroom um one little interesting tidbit here is that um Apparently, in this scene um where Walt's back at the school he's um he's wearing a wig because at this point this was like a pickup shot they'd done after they'd shaved his I head. Was, you know um, I was actually thinking
0: yeah. at one point because it like I, I, I just randomly looked at his head and I'm like, is he wearing a wig because I'm like, yeah. I'm just kind of looking at it and it's like it doesn't look as natural as it did before yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's the scene where he's actually in the classroom. Um you know where um the principal comes in and and has an ass that's, that makes is like an onion, it makes you want to cry. Um and still my closing
0: it, line, Nick. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you can still say it. It's, it's a good line. Um so so yeah, um you know I think that it, um it's in that scene anyway. But but anyway, so that's you know obviously Walt comes um sorry, Hank comes in, delivers the great line. Um, and um, and then talks about you know that um, about the mask and that they found it. And can he look through his inventory? And, and I have to say, like, Walt's incredibly calm through this, like, a, you mm. know, he is pretty good. Um, because he was probably shitting himself a wee bit at this point. And um, yeah, he I think he's really, really good at that stuff. But again, like I, like I was talking about earlier, I think part of the issue here is that nobody would ever suspect that that um, Walt's involved in this to the point where you know, they're talking about the keys and. And you say something about, oh no, none of the, none of the students have got keys. And and he's, and you know, Hank makes that point. I bet I should, I should hope not, but one of them might have stolen it or whatever, you know. And so Hank's already thought through about how this could have happened. And it doesn't involve, well, at all, you know, it, it involves students or somebody else taking it. Um, and so, yeah, just nobody suspects him at this point, which I think is, you know, makes it really, really interesting. Um, and then, obviously, at the end of this is where Jesse calls, which makes it a bit awkward. Um, so, and and this is going to kind of lead us into the, you know, the, the Tuco stuff. So, so yeah, I, I think this is this is really good stuff.
0: Which I think I brought that up in one of the first episodes, is where I mentioned about how you know a, a criticism or people sort of make fun of the fact that. Walt's doing this right under a DEA agent's nose the whole time and how dumb is Hank? But yeah, you make the very good point about how no one would ever suspect him because like again, like Hank's literally here and basically just going like, "Hey, this is all missing." Like you got to keep better eye and no no way is he blaming him at all. And there's going to be moments in the coming weeks where kind of, you know, we've got these little Carrots where kind of, you know, things are being dangled mm. in front of him and stuff like that, and kind of he's just playing it as a joke. So, but, um, I,
1: but I think, um, part of that is that, you know, like, um, I'm not going to spoil anything here, but I, I just happen to, um, you know, because, because, um, Facebook and social media is always listening to your every interaction that I happen to go on YouTube the other day on my phone and a, you know, a, a, um a clip for a, a future episode of Breaking Bad popped up and said you should watch this, which is a bit creepy. But anyway, um and, you know, like it was it was from way down the road and um, you know, I'm not gonna say anything, but you know, basically kind of the whole conceit of the fact that Hank is, you know, is in the D E a and his his unsuspecting brother in law is doing this, like it's just such a such a good concept for the show. Um, it's so so good, um, and you kind you kind of just take it for granted in these early episodes that you know. Yeah, um, it's, I mean, it's
0: again to reference Dexter all the time, apparently. But I mean, I mean, that was kind of the crux <laughs> of that show that like he was doing what he was doing, and his sister's like the lead detective in the Miami PD, and he's like he yeah. works in the police department yeah. while he's yeah. off doing that. Like it it like again, it's one of these things that maybe realistically. You know, but, like, that's the drama of the show. Like, you yeah. kind of, like, you watch Dexter, you watch this show, you know at some point, no doubt, they're going to have a storyline where somebody's going to find out, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of, it has to be a thing. So, yeah. um yeah, yeah it's, it's like Superman. Like, somebody's going to find out that he's Superman. Or, you know, like, yeah. you watch Smallville. At some point, somebody's going to find out that Clark's got power. Like, it's just a thing that's mm. eventually going to happen.
1: Yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah and so you know that kind of um that, that kind of leads us into um jesse and pete with their interaction uh, pete um, their tighter interaction than a ball sack yo
0: whatever
1: yeah. <laughs> it is <laughs> which i think <laughs> i think just...
0: we mistakenly said in the the interview with charlie that that was his very first line in breaking bad forgetting that he was in an, like a couple of episodes before but i think even he said that like that's the one that people always sort of say to him like what is it like tighter than a ball sack yo or something like
1: that <laughs> yeah it's it, it, it does crack me up i mean like i've got i've got no um you know kind of experience and get into like a, a, a drug dealer's pad or whatever you you want to call it but um but yeah i think just the fact that these guys just kind of rock up here like this it, it, it's crazy to think about these guys why would they do this? You know, like this is not going to end well for them. Um, But yeah, it's a great scene. And and apparently where they filmed this was kind of like um, this, the the top floor of this place where they were used to be like in the, in the eighties or like, well, uh, up until the 80s apparently used to be actually like a, a, a field office for the FBI in Albuquerque oh, um, no. is where they filmed this um, so yeah this is an actual location in Albuquerque this isn't on a set this is an actual location that they've built which I think is really really cool um so, yeah, I, I think it's cool. Um, you know, you kind of got this, this camera set up and you, you immediately get introduced to Tuko with the grills and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, he's just got the look, hey, like this guy is just menacing as all hell. And I think it works really, really well that, you know, this guy is crazy. And you also get straight away that he's the kind of guy that is, you know, he's, he's, um, he's on drugs himself. You know, like he is pretty unstable because he's, you know, he's a bit of a crazy dude but he's also using his own product or the product that he's selling anyway so you know immediately you kind of get this craziness and you know like he's he's snorting the the, the meth off a knife and things like that and you have know, this really really like this the scene that i would never really thought about it before until the last time i watched this where you know like he kind of puts some of it on the end of the knife and gets jesse to snort it and um you know like you, like now it's like oh my god it looks so dangerous like he could just stab him in the face and I'd never really thought about that before, um so so yeah I think that's just they, they do a really good job with us and and you know so obviously this leads to you know they're gonna sell it at a certain price he takes it but then doesn't give them the money Jesse tries to steal the steal it back and run run off with it and, and gets the shit kicked out of him by Tuco so you know um this is kind of leaving you know leaving Jesse in a really bad situation so yeah one other little thing I learned is that um they, they were kind of like um, crystallized sugar cubes that they were snorting, and they're kind of saying to Aaron Paul, "It's like, what's it like to snort sugar cubes?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like it stings a little bit. Like it's a little <laughs> bit painful, uh, which is kind of interesting. Eh? Like you never really think about these things, but yeah. Look, so it was uh, little sugar cubes that they were snorting.
0: Wow, I can I can firmly say that I have never snorted anything.
1: Um, <laughs> no, me but, either. Well,
0: well, actually, well, so. I remember I was with friends once and um, had those no dose tablets, those things that like keep you awake yep. or whatever it was. Yep. And our friend was like, Oh, if you snort them, if you crush them up and snort them, they work quicker. So, like, they crush them up. And I think, like, I tried to, but I couldn't do it. I'm like, I'm not like, this is weird. Like, I don't want to snort something up my nose. So, um, yeah, random Ben tells a story about snorting stuff. Story. <laughs> sure. But um, I, I, I love one thing I've really noticed with tuco is i love his shirts like i love yes, these kind of yeah. like shiny sort of gray sparkly shirts he wears like I, I i just i want one uh i really want to dress like tuco um yeah. so yeah i mean tuco is amazing like he's just he's unstable as you said like he's just he's crazy like this is what you expect somebody would you know be like in this situation but again i just love jesse trying to do a runner like we've literally just seen them lock them in a cage um so he's not going anywhere <laughs> um but uh yeah like it's 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 very brutal when he's sort of like getting beat the shit out of by this goddamn bag of money so um yeah it's a great introduction to tuco i mean you yeah you mentioned kind of you don't really have guest stars and again tuco as you said four episodes he's going to be in this show but He's one of the most memorable that you're going to get. You remember this guy. When he was in um, Better Call Soul. like, you're straight away, like, oh, my God, it's him. Like, there's, yeah, there's yeah, been a lot yeah. of characters in Better Call Soul. Like, we talked about What's-His-Face the other week, the guy in the car. Like, you've really got to know you're Breaking Bad to remember these people. Yeah. But, I mean, Tuco, yeah. if you've seen the show once, you remember him.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he just, he just kind of has that real kind of crazy menacing look which is which is really really good i think they've just got a a good actor for this particular scene you know like it um you know i I don't want to go back to nip-tuck too much but it reminds me of our our baddie from that you know like that kind of kind of well it was one of his henchmen sort of people wasn't it? yeah exactly yeah yeah so maybe it's all connected nick
0: maybe it's all it's a cinematic universe
1: well, there is going to be a bit of a theory, isn't there, that that uh, yeah. Breaking Bad and Walking Dead are connected. So um, yeah, we can talk about that at some point later on. Um, but, but yeah, I think it's um, it's a great scene to introduce just just how menacing the sky is. It's um, yeah, it, it, it's great. I love it. Um, and uh, poor old poor old Jesse, poor old Aaron Paul. And last say I like, was talking about like. Um, this beating that he takes and apparently had like kind of foam bricks in that bag. And he says, you know, it's only foam, but like if you get hit with foam bricks over and over again, it's still going to hurt. Um, (laughs) so, so yeah, I think that that's, um, you know, (laughs) that's a cool little tidbit there as well. But uh, we head back to school and, and, you know, Walt and Walt Jr arrive at school and Hugo's getting arrested. Um, and, um, and, and yeah, and Hank's there and, you know, there's been a drug charge and, and all that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, and that kind of leads us pretty quickly into a, a family scene where they're all playing poker, which is kind of where the, the title name for this episode kind of comes from, you know, the kind of Crazy Handful of Nothing um, is, is kind of about that. Um, and, and, you know, they're kind of having this discussion, um, you, you know, about Hugo and, and you know, that, yeah, I think it's just quite interesting that, you know, it's, a, it's an easy way to kind of get somebody in um, for something when you do a sweep of the school that you kind of find things out about people in. Um, and, you know, obviously Walt feels pretty bad about that stuff. But then that kind of leads us into this kind of cool poker scene where I think you kind of get this whole analogy of the show, which is what we've been talking about, you know, where, um, you know, nobody suspects Walt. So when he plays a, a bluff and he goes all in, nobody even kind of really, you know, they, they don't see it coming. So I, I think it's a nice little analogy of what the show's about in the poker game as well.
0: I don't know how to play poker, Nick. Do you know how to play poker?
1: Oh, I went through a little phase where I was really into Texas Hold'em, and um, I, I just wasn't patient enough to learn properly. Um, so I know I know a little bit, but um, yeah, I got I got bored of it pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, I, I have no idea how to play, but um, yeah, Paul Hugo, justice for Hugo, yeah, getting arrested yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I, I like the the um, the table scene. Don't we get? Is this no, it's next week when we get Hank doing another Shania Twain line, isn't it? When he was like yes, he was golfing yeah, there, Shania yeah. Twain, but um, yeah, I just love like just Hank's just that guy. Like I mean, again, like <laughs> yeah. he, he's, he's just swearing a lot, and then at one point, like kind of Scott's like you know, like looking over at Walt Junior, yeah. like no, you.
1: you I can't do that. I think that as this show goes on, I'm more I'm appreciating Hank as, you know, like. A, a better and better character than i remember from the last couple of times i've watched this show like he's always been that character that's just there but yeah. like i just the, the more that we watch this the more i'm loving hank like he's just he's just so much fun you know and he just kind of cuts the tension and we talked about that in the last episode when he doing the um the whole um intervention episode um that he's just cuts the tension in that here but here he's really really good too with just some funny little lines here and there and um, i think just his facial reactions are really good too he's got some really good facial acting so yeah i i'm i'm loving what we're getting from hank it's um yeah dean norris is doing great
0: what's his line when he says something about like you wouldn't know a criminal if they were close enough for you to give him a hernia check or something like that yeah or yeah, like that. Yeah, and, uh, yeah also i noticed i'm just sort of flicking through it here and, and walt walt has a calculator watch which uh you know of course he does <laughs> yep. did you ever did you ever own a calculator watch nick
1: no no it was never my thing
0: I don't think I was quite old enough in the '80s to have a calculator watch. I think the craze had died by then. But um, yeah, like I, I love this scene. I can't, I also like the fact that like Walt Junior's there. Like it's kind of one of these scenes where you kind of accept Walt. jr. Like I know Walt Junior's like an older kid, but um, it's kind of cool that he's sort of yeah. there playing along. But um, yeah, no, it's 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 a great scene. Um, I kind of also like sort of Walt, um, yeah, caring for Hugo, and then kind of yeah, you get this almost like Walt caring for Jesse all of a sudden when he's like yeah trying to call him and stuff. So
1: yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, and um. You know, you know, I um, I, I do like the fact that it is poker, going back to that, because if I think about you know, I, I love Casino Royale as a movie, but Baccarat, I have no idea how that game was played, yeah. so it's kind of a little bit lost on me. Whereas we we cover that
0: movie like five different versions on 007, and I think after in the amount of hours we had to pay attention to Baccarat, I don't think we got it either, so yeah. Don't, <laughs> doesn't like the it. novels like, take like four chapters to explain it, I think? that's what uh, I don't know, I don't read, so you know.
1: <laughs> yeah no i, I don't think I'm, I'm that worried about it um yeah so we kind of kind of move into this this next little bit um which is obviously you know um what kind of losing his hair and um, is this the bit where we see him um pee in the like pain, blood but' well, not pain, blood but oh, um is it the scene review. or am I am I, I, I think it might be the ahead scene ahead
0: after the... just for his Yeah, shades sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get the yeah, dark sorry, piece. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah, and and you know, like he and this is obviously where he um calls calls Jesse and and um you know finds out that Jesse's in hospital. Um and you know he um he asks any Pete to tell him uh, to, to tell him about Tuco you know, find out about what's happening with Tuco um, and you know this is where that whole thing at the start of the episode where Walt saying he's just going to be the silent partner this is where the to get a little bit harder to do because you know like if, if he's going to stop this kind of thing from happening um, he's, he's going to have to be a more active player unless he can't just sit in the background so this is kind of like another one of those you know like last episode was really about Walt making some choices about his cancer treatment this is um, a little bit different now because he's starting to have to make some other choices um, that are you know are going to be hard for him to make
0: yeah I, I like I think this might be the only skinny Pete Walt scene I could be wrong <laughs> um but I kind of like it's like you're the guy and then like I like how we kind of get that little line when he goes like what's your name or something like that and he does I, I always thought this was the first time he says Heisenberg but we're going to get that soon um but uh Yeah, kind of, uh, I guess maybe this is all set up for that because he's going to have to say his name at some point, Um, say my name. Um, But, yeah, I do kind of like this sort of, tease of that, yeah, as you said, Walt's going to have to kind of get involved somehow even though he doesn't want to. Um, but yeah, like cutting to like dark pee is pretty confronting and then all the fucking drugs <clears throat> he's got to take before we yeah, see bald. Yeah. Now, you might be able to answer this. Did did he shave his hair on camera or did they do this and kind yeah, of he, just here Yeah, he
1: did, yeah. So that peeing scene, apparently that was actually um, like... Uh, that was filmed of Vince Gilligan basically standing there with a hose, and they kind of just like filmed the down into the toilet with Vince Gilligan <laughs> holding this hose, which is quite funny. But yeah, apparently they just they filmed Brian Cranston shaving his head, but they knew it would be much more effective if they kind of just you know started with him with the clippers in his hand, and then the next scene was kind of him walking out in front of the family they did, board. We,
0: uh, I think we talked about that with What's His Face and Nick Tuck. That uh, yeah, Matt, that John Hensley really did. Yeah. I know, like obviously in V for Vendetta, Natalie Portman famously shaved her head mm, on camera. So yeah. like some of these ones where like the actors will famously shave their heads like sometimes you don't actually see it so like these ones where you kind of see it i always assume they probably do so yeah yeah.
1: well apparently the first time that um anna gun actually saw him with a shaved head was in that scene, you know, so she said that was quite a real reaction she was having because it was the first time she'd actually seen it. Um, and I wow. love the Walt Junior line about him being a badass, you know. It's, um, you know, and, and I, I just I, I quite like the way everyone kind of plays it, you know. I like how um how Walt kind of just walks in and he's kind of like "Good morning" as if nothing's nothing's changed or nothing's different, and um and Walt Junior kind of does the bad the badass thing. I think that's yeah. It, Have it's you ever shaved your head? Oh, years ago. Yeah, a long, long time ago. Yeah.
0: Yeah, multiple times. I used to do it every year for the radio for um, yeah the world's greatest shave. But sometimes I just get lazy. I'm just like I can't be bothered paying for a hair because I just shave my head. Why not? Yeah,
1: so, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one time I did it was um, way back in the day when I was a teenager and M and M haircuts were all the craze. And so like two of my mates had <laughs> uh, you know had done the whole kind of you know blonde hair thing, and um, they had like a little bit of peroxide left over. So we kind of like gave me you know quote unquote highlights in my hair and then like a week later I decided to shave my head and it just looked like a bird had shit on the top of my head basically. So <laughs> please tell was, me there are was,
0: photos of this
1: <laughs> probably somewhere, yeah. Oh. Probably not as bad as I think it was, but uh yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think I could probably pull off the, the shaved head. Look, maybe not quite the <laughs> the kind of because this is like I think the other thing too is it's um it's not just a shaved head, it's like he's more or less like kind of wet shaved his head, right? It is really, yeah. really short. Um so yeah I think that's what makes it quite confronting is that it's yeah he's gone to quite a lot of effort to to make it really really short which is good for the show I think you know him going around with like a number two kind of peach fuzz probably would have been a bit of a dumb look so yeah it, it absolutely works for the show
0: yeah I mean that's the iconic look you mentioned before about seeing posters and that for it you always see in there with the goatee I mean uh, next week we're going to get the hat with the sunglasses and I remember uh, I think probably the first time I ever came and stayed with you we went to that t-shirt store and I got a Heisenberg uh, yeah. t-shirt with the hat and the uh, the glasses and the goatee so yeah I mean you think of sort of iconic looks of Breaking Bad and you, you do think of the bald head or the hat and the goatee so yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of of like, that's where it's cause... kind of weird yeah I was gonna say it's it's one of the weird things when you actually watch this from the beginning is watching Walt with hair it's kind of like when you watch a season of Survivor like in the very first seasons they used to always go back to like show the highlights and you'd see Colby like you know or like chubby Russell Hance uh, before you ultimately saw him you know later on so it's kind of odd if you watch this show enough to see Walt with hair
1: and he's not Quite there because he's still got to grow the goatee, you know. Like that's the final kind of look, really. Still, just still got the moustache, so we're not quite there in terms of his full final look, but pretty close to it, really. And, um, and and yeah, I think it is quite funny how like so many of these major characters on this particular show are bald. You know, like uh, we've got two. We're going to have a, a, at least one more um, coming um, that's that's completely bald. So it is funny how there's quite quite as many as there is, which is interesting. Um But but yeah, and then that kind of moves us into the, the kind of final bit of this episode where waltz outside Turco's base and you kind of get this cool shot of like, I don't know if it was intentional but kind of like from outside the car and you're looking at him through the window and there's kind of like a bit of a close up on his wedding ring and I don't know if that's meaningful in any way but I kind of just noted that, that I thought it was quite interesting and um, and, and yeah and then we kind of move into you know like he he, he gets buzzed up to Tuco's base and um, and you know we, we go through the whole thing which is you know the first use of that, of, of the name Heisenberg you know this is the first time he actually names himself that um, and you know like I think just you know for the record we kind of know that um, you know this is a a, a chemist right Heisenberg this is probably something we should have done our our homework on I was going to ask you Nick
0: Uh, yep (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it walk. is um
1: yeah, yeah. Oh <laughs> hey, look if you if um if you give me half a minute I can probably find that out. But um yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a it's a famous chemist, um Werner Heisenberg, yeah. Um and, and so basically this is obviously somebody who was who was um something of a you know, he was a um a theoretical physicist and um so you know, something of a a, a, um, a hero to Walt, which is why he ends up using that name. Um so so yeah, and so obviously he names himself Heisenberg for the first time. Um you know, demands 50k. Um, you know, for for the use um, for the, the sale of those drugs. Um, and you know, we kind of get to kind of laughing at that. And and this is obviously where we get this great scene um, where you know he pulls out a bit of the the what they think is crystal meth and says it's actually not it's fulminated mercury and, and throws it. Um, and you get that that massive kind of reaction, ex- explosion reaction when it hits the ground. And um yeah I, I think the scenes where they film this are really, really good. And and as I said earlier, this is an actual location. So they actually did blow this building up for real, which wow. is really cool. And um they kind of had some of like some of the, you know, the air conditioning kind of vents were were kind of um um were kind of rigged so that they wouldn't fall on people and things like that. But some of them, they actually were like, yeah, we're going to let that one fall. So we're not going to have any actors around that. And so, um, and yeah, there's some quite cool shots. Like there's a really, really cool shot, which is kind of, um, of like all the, all the crystal meth or whatever it is, like all the glass or whatever it is kind of falling. Um, and you kind of see it from underneath, I think is, is quite a cool shot. So, um, you know, like, uh, you know, all the directors on the show are great at getting these really, really cool shots. And often they're in slow-mo or close up or whatever it is. And so that's just one example of it. But yeah, I mean, it's a really, really effective scene. Um, And it's the one that a lot of people remember, you know, this is one of those ones that, you know, we're going to be talking about this in a couple of weeks when we do a top five, there's no way we can't talk, can't not talk about this because it is such a memorable scene. Um, And, you know, and, and, you know, obviously gets his money um, and then demands to sell two more pounds the following week. So he's starting to make demands of Tuco. Um, And I I love the end where he kind of just walks out and, and gets in the car and kind of has that kind of like screaming celebration to himself. I think it's such a cool way to kind of end the episode Um, because, you know, this is, he's obviously kind of held back so much, of you know, like, the emotion behind this. And then he kind of gets into the car and kind of lets it all out. So I think it's a really cool way to end the episode. So there's probably lots to unpack there. I've kind of gone through, you know, like what is a really big scene there, but it kind of feels like once you start talking about it, you've kind of got to go through and, and talk the whole thing through. But yeah, absolutely love this. It's it's fantastic.
0: I'm surprised he didn't get in the car and start masturbating based on what we're <laughs> learning. Um, yeah. The, look, I'm not going to talk this scene down. Cause again, top five, as you said, um, I, the only thing I question is why do they let him in the building? Like like he should be like I'm Jesse's partner. He should, like he he just says like I'm here to see Tuco and I'm not leaving into like who is this guy to just let him in? Like I mean, yeah. you know, like that's the only thing that I question. Um but I mean god, like this scene like Tuco puts a cigarette out in his tongue, like I mean, yep. you know, showing our badass and I just kind of like the way that you sort of see like Walt like he looks scared but he's like obviously trying to be stoic and you know kind of be all strong and everything along those lines but um yeah like god what can you say about the scene i said i thought this was in the finale like i just always thought this was in the finale but um didn't you say mythbusters was this one of the things that they did like they tried to and yeah and i think i think they said
1: that yeah, I think they said that it wouldn't create that type of reaction. Like, you would get a reaction, but probably not that massive. So, um, so yeah, I think it's, it's kind of one of those ones that's, like, kind of half true and half not. Um, I, I absolutely love that scene, obviously, where he kind of throws it and you kind of – apparently they actually have, like – that particular piece of meth or you know the mercury or whatever it is like on a on a wire so it would actually pull towards the camera and i get that nice clean shot of it coming nice. towards the camera but it is just such an awesome shot that you know like it is just um you know it, it, and it's one of those ones that you see everywhere right you know it's, it's such a memorable shot um yeah, of of him kind of throwing it And he's kind of out of frame, I think As is the, is the bit of um, mm. glass is kind of heading towards the ground So, yeah, it, it's really cool And I think one of the things I kind of like about it Is that it goes from you know, 0 to 100 so fast You know, like it kind of feels like Oh my god, this has gotten real, really cool. fast
0: I think like when I watched this for the first time, I mean, I might have seen this in the trailer. I don't know, but I like, I had no idea that this was going to happen. I mean, I guess I sort of did. I you see stuff at the beginning of the episode, but um, yeah, you like you talk. I love that reaction when he's in the car. But like, I also I just I love that kind of like when he's walking out to the current. Everyone's just kind of looking at him. Like, yeah, it's it's it, what's really interesting to me is that like these are what goons that are meant to be protecting Tuco. And they just all like, okay, well, Tuco's let him out, so clearly he's fine. Like, I mean, he's just caused an explosion. They're not all be like pointing guns at this guy. Like, I'm like, what have you just done to our boss? Like. Again, uh, Tuco sort of let him go, so maybe it's a case of, well, it's fine. But, um, yeah, just him holding that money and just, like, you know, ah, like, spit coming out of his mouth. And, I mean, I can imagine there's one camera person in this car with, like, a close-up on him. And, like, I mean, I, I would like to imagine that Brian Cranston's that good. He does this in one take, but I'm sure they probably did a couple just to get the right one. But, like, God, that would be intense sitting in that car with Brian Cranston as he's doing this one scene. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I kind of, like, I like... I like this setup, how you're sort of getting this and kind of Walt's basically owning. Like, this is, we have talked about these badass moments of Walt. Like, I mean, you get that line literally from Walt Jr. I mean, here he's really, like, badass. Like, holy crap. Like, he's just stood up to this guy and fucking taking the risk of blowing something up. I mean, two could have just walked up and shot him in the head and go, like, fuck off. Like, but no, yeah. he's basically, yeah. you know,
1: won him over. Yeah, it is one of those things where, like, if you were to think through the logic of it, it's like he probably wouldn't have gotten away with us. You know, like, it probably would have ended in tears. But uh, I think it's probably a little bit of that suspending disbelief stuff that you kind of have to do on a show like this. Um, But I think it also goes back to, that whole thing that i keep coming back to that he's underestimated and so people he kind of disarms people because he is so underestimated um and you know like it's it's one of those things that's going to help him do a lot of things as the show goes on is that people just don't really expect it of him um you know they just don't think he's capable of some of the things that he is actually capable of um Mm. and that tends to be a lot of people's undoing as we kind of go along so um it, it, it kind of feels like it works to me um But, yeah, there is definitely a few logic gaps. There's there's no doubt about that.
0: But, again, like, look, sometimes I feel bad saying, oh, this is not realistic. Like, I mean, again, we're watching a television show. Like, I mean, there's not one single television show that you can watch and say this is the most realistic thing ever. Like, you know, um, and... You know we've covered nip tuck. I mean, <laughs> I mean this sort yeah. of certain things that you got to you know do. But I think maybe where you, this show again, as you said, I think a few weeks ago, is kind of renowned for its realism. But again, like we're entertained. Like uh, you know Russell Crowe. Are you not entertained? Yes, we are. Russell, we are very entertained. Like you know, we're, we're we're loving this, and it's it's so well done. And you know we're here, not trying to be like the Monday morning quarterbacks. Like well, as drug dealers ourselves, this would have never happened. <laughs> um, you know until we start covering like the Breaking Bad podcast show like i mean you know maybe then we can kind of talk about a little bit differently but uh, yeah i mean fuck it's i mean what can you complain about in this scene in this episode really like there's, there's nothing to complain about just because it's not a little bit realistic uh you know i mean i know you watch the walking dead i mean are you Oh, zombies aren't real this show isn't realistic you know
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think th- there's a little bit of sin- suspending disbelief, and but I think a lot of it can kind of come back to the fact that yeah, like people just underestimate him, and so he gets away with things that he probably shouldn't do. So yeah, it kind of feels like it, it works. It works well to me. So yeah, and it is just one of the most iconic scenes of of this this whole s- series, not just the season or this episode, but that is just a real. You know, that's the one that kind of a lot of people go back to, and that's that. You know that actual image of him throwing that rock it feels like it's one that you know you kind of see everywhere and you think of breaking bad it's one of the ones you think about um so so yeah it, it absolutely works to me
0: it's very potentially one that could make our top 10 at the end of all five series
1: yeah. so you know yeah 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 um but yeah I, I look forward to talk, you know talking about where it kind of ranks um, you know is it as effective as some of the other ones that we've seen you know, how, you know where does it kind of sit because it kind of feels like it's probably a similar type of, of um, moment to you know the bathtub moment or the um, crazy eight choking moment like that's where it kind of feels like it fits to me um, and you know how do we kind of rank those up or, you know, I look forward to that conversation in a couple of weeks to be honest it, it's going to be fun to have it so so yeah I think that probably kind of wraps us up so we can kind of get into our our ratings for these look I don't think there's kind of too much anticipation on what we're doing with this episode you know for me it's it's a buy I I love this episode Um, you know for me I think this probably is my favourite episode of the first six that we've seen so far. So wow. I probably have this as number one on mine, just because I think it kind of, this really starts to move things along from my perspective. Um, you know, and I, I I think it, and you know, like maybe again, if I look at the IMDB ratings, this has got a, a 9.3. So it's, um, it's quite comfortably the highest rated of the first season. Um, you know, on IMDB, which doesn't really mean anything, but, it, you know, I, 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 it's, it's a measurement it's the same as anything else, I guess. Um, but for me, I think, yeah, there's just there's all the things about it I really like. Um, you know, there's this there's, there's nothing I don't like in this episode and there's lots that I absolutely love. Um, so. So, yeah, for me, it's a, a very, very easy buy.
0: very easy buy for me absolutely but uh we're finally stepping away from our standard rankings like you've got this at number one um i've actually got this at number three uh i mean i love this episode it's a great episode but i much i still got pilot at number one and and the bags in the river. I kind of just, yeah. I don't know. There's something about the the death and sort of his kill and everything that yeah. kind of you know. Not to take away those from on this, but yeah, yeah, I think
1: those three are really close together. Like I do think that they are kind of, um you know, like it'd be interesting to go and look at that two-hour f- film that you've kind of talked about because no, I haven't gotten around to it. I'm, I'm useless and lazy, but um uh, you know, I think it is one of those things of like. Um, You know, the kind of really important moments of the season kind of feel like a lot of them happen in those three episodes. So um, it's not a surprise to me that, you know, the two of us have got them as the top three episodes. Maybe the order's slightly different, but, you know, I think that they are kind of the three big ones in terms of moving the story along.
0: And from memory in that two-hour film, like obviously they have to cut so much out of it. Um, And from memory, I don't think this scene... All the him killing crazy is even in the two-hour episode, right. you got to you've got to go through so much over six seasons yep. to cut it into a two-hour film. So, yeah, from memory, they're not. But um, I will say, Vulture has this as the twelfth greatest episode of Breaking <laughs> Bad of all time, while uh, the Ringer has it as the thirty-second greatest episode. Wow, of all time. okay, so that's really, really interesting. Big uh, discrepancy, discrepancy. Sorry, there. One thing I just want to say: you you mentioned um, the uh, the Mythbusters episode. Um, It's actually got here on the trivia on the Breaking Bad wiki that uh, they go into detail about it. So basically, the amount that Walt used in the explosion would not produce enough explosive force to blow out the windows or the walls. All the windows or the walls. Um, The explosion in the bag um, would have blown out the windows, the walls, but would have killed everyone in the room. So if he had used the whole bag, uh, basically, it would have killed everyone. Uh, The explosion, though, that he did... Uh, would have injured Walt more than anyone else in the room, apparently. Mm -hmm. So there you go.
1: Yeah, it is one of those funny things of, like, he's the closest to the explosion, so he should actually be the one that, you know, is most impacted by it. Um, So, yeah, there's definitely a few logic gaps there for sure. Um, And, yeah, it's it's one of those things of, like, like how many people love the show because the kind of science is absolutely accurate. Like, I don't think there's many people. I think, lo- I think probably geeks. lots of, yeah, well, I think there's probably lots of people who like the idea of, you know, this guy who's a who's a chemistry professor uses his scientific skills to, to do this. Like, I think that's a cool story. And I think, you know, um, things like we're going to see some of that in the next episode with the um, the sketch you know, like, so we'll, yeah. we'll get into that when we get there. But I think some of those things of, like, and, you know, the ma- magnets bitch, you know, that we're going to get into later on. Like, You know, I think that, you know, using some of those scientific ideas ideas in order to um to get them out of a tight spot or advance the plot i think are really really fun but I, I don't think there's many people who are too worried about how how accurate it is but you know that's that's Mythbusters' job right is to kind yeah. of um always, is look at these things
0: i don't i mean how many doctors watch Tuck? because yeah, they, you yeah. know like how many co- like i mean it's yeah like there's definitely they've done these sort of things where they've interviewed a cop and like what's the most realistic cop show and think like sure like you want to know um but i mean look science was like one of my worst subjects in school i don't give a shit like they could fucking tell me that this stuff would cause a nuclear explosion and i would believe them i don't know so yeah i'm like i get nitpicky when there's journalists in shows just because journalists always get treated like shit in tv so like you know i'm standing yeah. up for myself but uh, yeah. i don't know if you watch uh, like dog trainer shows nick and go that's not how you do it
1: <laughs> uh, not that none that i can imagine Uh, I think Seasonal Alarm's got a bit of a bad rep um, probably amongst um, actual dog trainers but that's about it
0: yeah again it's entertainment like at the end of the day it's entertainment like I don't watch Star Wars and I'm going oh god it's so fake like you know
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean so next week we're gonna be into uh, a no rough up type deal. That's our, our final episode of the season. Um I do love these kind of AMC like kind of half seasons that they do to to kind of kick things off. They did the same with Walking Dead. Um and I, I really enjoy it. I think it's quite good to kinda of have these kind of short seasons to kind of get you into something and see if it works and then come back with a longer season for, for your second time round. But um yeah, I think this is a this is a good a good um season finale. I think it probably I think you make some really good points that probably some of the action we get in this episode that we've just reviewed is probably more reminiscent of a finale than than what we're gonna get next episode. But um there's there's heaps to chew over next episode as well. Some some good stuff and um yeah, I I I, I think there's there's a few loose ends that um, you know, the the whole shoplifting part is maybe not as exciting <laughs> but um we'll we'll definitely talk about that when we arrive at that point. But um yeah, I, I, I think there's some, some fun stuff and it's i think it's a pretty good way to, to round off the, the season when we get there
0: come on out of all the storylines we get nick i'm just hanging on to the bit of what happens with marie shoplifting <laughs> jeez who cares about all it this is one blowing of those up where- stuff
1: yeah, there's very few missteps on the show. And I don't even th- think it's a misstep. I think, like I think I've said about a few things like the Jesse family story, I think that there's there's a couple of points where you can see they're trying stuff and, and seeing if it will work. And, and often they, they try stuff in this first season and it just doesn't quite stick. And um, it's a credit to the show that it's still an amazing first season, even well, with those kind of few little things.
0: Okay, weird. I mean, again, we're jumping ahead of ourselves here. I guess we talk about this in the coming weeks, but it's like, you know, a lot of people remember this show for, for Fring or for Soul or, you know, Mike, and they're people that you're not going to get to next season. It's kind of, again, like Lost. Like, I mean, people remember Ben and, you know... Um desmond and people like that people aren't introduced into like you know the second season so like but it doesn't take away from how great the first season is you know what i mean so like there's still a lot of great stuff here i mean god we covered the first season of nip tuck and there was a certain character we don't even mention anymore who's in that first season and (laughs) never goes on to anything else but we still like the first season of nip tuck right so you know
1: uh, (laughs) yeah yeah and and um yeah, and I think you've kind of got to give them a few little, you know, you've got to give them a little bit to kind of figure out exactly what they want the show to be. So, um, yeah, I've I've got no particular problems with that, but it'll still be fun to, to talk talk about it when we get there. Um, and you know, like I think we've got a few fun storylines later on that that um, are maybe kind of sidetracks, but are probably a bit more fun. I'm thinking of uh, um, stone collecting and home brewing by a certain character, but we'll we'll get there when we get there.
0: They're crystals.
1: <laughs> sorry yeah <laughs> <laughs> come on now yeah. So yeah, I think I think we can probably leave it there. But uh, we look forward to coming back and talking with you more uh, next episode. But um, if you got any feedback for us, we're, we're always really keen to hear it. We um, we, we really want to know what you think about this as we're, as we're kind of heading into um, season two just around the corner. But uh, in the meantime, make sure that you're, you're following us on all the usual social media channels. Um, and we look forward to, to coming back and talking with you more next time. But uh, um, for right now, this has been uh, episode six of season one. My name's Nick and. Um, what do i look like scarface
0: in a long time since i've heard that accent say that number um and my <laughs> name is ben and this episode is going to sell faster than ten dollar and tj thanks for downloading this episode of the oz network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher google Podcasts, or by copying our rss feed into your preferred podcast provider and while you're there please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time.